Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Leaders and those in positions of power call the shots as to how resources are allocated. Past research has shown that leaders tend to behave selfishly, keeping more resources for themselves rather than sharing perks with their followers. A study by SMU Associate Professor Michael Bashour from the Lee Kong Chien School of Business suggests that honesty may be the best policy for ensuring that leaders look out for everyone not just themselves. In this podcast, Associate Professor Bashur discusses this research, which has been published in the Journal of Applied Psychology, and explains that candid feedback can change the behaviour of leaders, and like all individuals, those with power desire to see themselves as moral and are motivated to be seen as fair, generous and less self-interested by others. Professor, you have been studying organizational behavior and human resources for many years. What motivates you to specialize in this area of research? Well, generally, OBHR is an incredibly broad area of research. Um, but what I like about it is that it contains things that I find intrinsically interesting. Um, things like fairness, uh, ethics, leadership, power, these types of things um, that basically where my interest comes from, basically my background. Uh, I grew up in, in Lebanon, which is a country that doesn't have much of a system or much of an ethical structure or even a government, um, but very powerful leaders. So what I became really interested in is understanding how leaders become like this and how systems allow them to become like this and also uh, how we can change them, if we can change them. So that sort of is underlining a lot of my research, uh, especially on the fairness ethics uh, front. You have an interesting piece of research published in the Journal of Applied Psychology that examines how speaking the truth to those in power can affect resource allocation. Can you tell us more about this study? Sure. Uh, the paper came out in the Journal of Applied Psychology uh, back in 2015 and was working with my co-authors, uh, Burak Och, who at the time was at Bocconi University in Italy and now is at the University of Western Australia in Perth and Celia Moore, who at the time was at the London Business School, but now is at Bocconi University in Italy. Um, so we worked together on this over a number of years, and what we were interested in is, is sort of uh, based on the things that I had already discussed, which is that um, how can we get people in power to pay attention or to change their behavior? Because we know from the research that when you give people power, in fact, when you just tell people they are a leader in any setting, they tend to take more or want more, or believe that they deserve more, just by having the name leader attached to their name. Uh, and they've done this in experiments where just they bring people into a laboratory and randomly choose one person out of three and say, hey, you're the leader. Now here's some money divided up amongst the three of you. And the person who just randomly was assigned to be leader takes more every time. So we're interested in sort of extrapolating this over time and seeing what happens when you give leaders feedback about how people think or uh, think about them or see them. Uh, so that's what we were trying to do here. Uh, we we're looking at combining the literature on voice, which is whether people speak up uh, constructively or challenge those in power to fix things when they see that they're wrong, and uh, sort of pushing the boundaries on how leaders respond to that voice, because we don't have a large literature on that, at least in, in the justice literature. How did you conduct the research, and what were your findings? So we were interested in how this plays out over time and how this might play out uh, in the real world. But because we wanted to manipulate and control the different types of, of variables we were working with, we did this experimentally. 
Uh, and we ran this experiment many, many, many times in many different countries, uh, in Spain with students of economics, in London with people who were just sort of pulled off the street as, as volunteers, uh, in London again with business school students, here in Singapore with SMU students, uh, and we found the same effect every single time. Basically, that is that when the leader takes more, and they do every single time you give them the chance in every single country, in every context, if you give them feedback that people are saying, hey, that's unfair, they actually tend to, at the next round, when you give them another chance to do the same task, will take less. Now, that's a little bit obvious, but what was interesting to us is that we were playing this game in these different countries for real stakes, uh, for money. So, in other words, it was actually real money that they could walk out the door with. Uh, and when told they were unfair, they actually gave away real money but not just gave away real money, they gave away real money to complete strangers. Because they were in a laboratory, they never saw anybody that they were interacting with. They were actually interacting over a computer. Everybody was anonymous. Nobody knew who they were. They never met the people they were working with who were technically their followers. Uh, and they didn't need them for anything. Uh, they didn't rely on them for anything. The only information they got was that these anonymous people who they've never met and don't need think they're unfair. So the next round, they gave them money. Or we did this in, in Barcelona. I don't think we'd be able to do it now. We played with grades, extra credit points. And students were giving away extra credit points uh, to be seen just as more fair. And this is based on the basic human need to be seen as a good person. We all have this. We do all sorts of things to change our memories, to change our beliefs, to look selectively so that we feel like we're fair. In this case, we're giving people direct feedback that they were not fair. And they changed their behavior. The next step after that was, though, that when they gave more, we gave them feedback from these, basically these were fake followers that we generated as an algorithm and a computer. We gave them feedback that, hey, thanks, that was nice, that was more fair. And what happened then was these leaders uh, immediately took more again. So it's this tension that people experience between wanting to maximize their own outcomes, get as much as they possibly can, but feel good about themselves while doing so. So we played with this over multiple rounds and multiple uh, contexts. And what you see is this pattern of up and down, up and down. If we get negative feedback, we try to be a bit more fair, try to change people's perceptions of us. The minute people see us as the good guy, we start to take more and feel justified in doing so. And we showed that people actually felt guilt when people told them they weren't fair and did something to fix it. But the minute they were told they were fair, that guilt went away and they took more. So you had this bouncing up and down. We had another condition where we told people just the whole time, hey, you're wonderful. Uh, and so they took more the first time, they got feedback that they were wonderful, they took even more, they got feedback, they, took, they just kept taking more and more and more, and it just uh, asymptoted to the maximum amount. So that's sort of those enabling followers that, that, uh, where you have these greedy power holders, they hear just positive feedback, they're in the echo chamber, yeah, they're entitled, they feel entitled to take more and they feel good about doing so. Were these results surprising to you? This was actually... A, was meant to be just a baseline test for us to see if we could get this effect. We didn't expect this powerful effect in these conditions of anonymity, of nobody knowing who you are, you're not, you don't know who you're working with, you don't need these people, they have no power whatsoever over you. We didn't expect to find this effect, but we've found it over and over and over again. You've also done a follow-up study after the first one. How different was it this time? Okay, it was actually using the same paradigm, but we were interested in looking at the effects of what happens when one person in a group stands up or speaks up to power. Um, because in the first study, the 2015 paper, we 
positioned the feedback as coming from the group as a whole. So the leader got everybody in their group, all their followers, telling them they were either fair or unfair. But we know this doesn't actually happen very much in real life. Groups don't tend to cohere that much. So we became interested in what happened when one person in the group stood up. And we know there's all sorts of sayings about what happens, you know, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down, or the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And these are very, you know, contradictory findings or, or expressions explaining the same phenomenon. Um, so we were interested in what happens when that, when that one person stands up, and we call them a minority opinion holder. So it's the same paradigm, the same setup, everything's the same, except that leaders in this case, instead of getting group feedback, they get feedback from individuals in the group. So they'll get three pieces of feedback two of which, in some cases, are telling the leader, hey, that's great, we love you. Uh, and one of which is telling the leader, hey, that wasn't fair. Uh, and we were thinking about, you know, what will, what will that do? And will the positive feedback swamp the negative feedback? Uh, and what we find generally is that the negative feedback still works, even in this context. Right? It still pulls the leader a little bit away from their self-interested behavior and makes them behave a little bit more fairly over time. And they still find that bouncing up and down pattern where they're trying to negotiate the tension between getting good, feeling good about themselves and taking the most that they can. We took it a step further in this study, um, and I should mention this study was just accepted for publication, um, and we looked at what it meant when the minority opinion holder and the majority opinion holders shared or did not share a group membership with the leader. So we played with whether or not the leader saw his or her followers as a member of their in-group. Uh, and we manipulated university identity, we manipulated political identity, uh, Democrats and Republicans in the United States. And what we found is what we expected. When, if you're a minority opinion holder, you share a group membership with the leader, so the leader sees you as one of their in-group, your feedback becomes that much more powerful. Uh, and if you're a minority opinion holder, at the end of the game, at the end of the, of the relationship, when the leader is given a chance to punish you, and in this case we took it a step further and we told the leaders at the end of the game, you can now give as much as you want to each member and giving them the opportunity essentially to punish the person who is giving the neg negative feedback. And they will punish the person giving the negative feedback unless that person is a member of their in-group. Um, so if you're a member of the in-group, speaking up, one, is powerful and more powerful, and two, you are not likely to get punished any differently than anybody else. So what are the implications of these insights? So the way we use this information um, in terms of talking to people out there in the, in the community, in the business community, is to encourage them, one, to speak up if they get the chance, two, to, as leaders, encourage the voice of their followers. I've been speaking in some of the, the forums that SMU pulls together, like the Future Ready Forum. Uh, I've been talking to industry leaders there. I teach in MBA programs, uh, both at SMU and, uh, and in other places. I've done some executive education. Most of them are through SMU channels, uh, where I talk about these things. And, and in some cases, we do workshops, uh, especially in sort of the, the master's level classes and the executive level classes. We talk about more practical ways of both increasing the voice that you receive as a leader because that's good feedback and that's things if you can act on it uh, you can improve the situation in your organization and how to take negative feedback even if you can't act on it and how to process that feedback and communicate back to your employees and build those sort of channels of transparency and trust so we work on those practical elements of leadership in those in those formats but it's 
all through the SMU channels typically. Thank you, Professor. Thank you. Thank you.